What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Well, Australian Open been run and won, and I can't for the life of me think of another Australian Open that's had every single facet of every single type of storyline, whether it be controversy or triumph or whatever it might be, from commiserations to celebrations to elation to to every single emotion. We've run the gamut of every single feeling, and, and, and I think there's only one man I could think to speak to about this, and he's a tournament director himself, uh, does a magnificent job of Kuyong every year that that's in operation. But Peter Johnson's been good enough to give us some time. G'day to you, Pete. Hey, Sam, and I think you summed it up perfectly. Like, it's so hard to get your head around all that's happened in the last month and, um, you know, so many storylines, like you said. And, uh, look, what, what a final weekend we had ultimately, didn't we? Just, with, like, you think of the... You know, something for everybody, really. The Barty story, the Kyrgios Kokonakis situation or, or, or story. Then you've got Rafa, you've got Medvedev. I mean, it was just it's mind-blowing, really. Uh, so I think we're going to have to touch on all those. But I, I, I was starting to think today when I thought I knew I was going to have a chat to you. And in my head, I'm, I, the question I wanted to ask you was if you were sitting with your team today and this had all taken place at Kuyong and you have to appraise how the tournament's gone... What are you giving yourself? How do you how do you judge the success <laughs> given where where this tournament started with with controversy, COVID, Novak, um, everything that came with that? There, there's there's everything that's gone on during it, whether it be you know from Peng Shui and then you get all the celebration like you know Ash Barty and and, and Dylan and and then what was going on with Kyrgios and Kokonakis and it's mind boggling to think of. The, the roller coaster this has been. How would you have rated this if it was your tournament, your team? Well, ultimately, it's hard to just like segment it because of all the different dimensions you said. And and look, I think ultimately, and this is where I think the taste that's left with everybody. Let's say for a start, when you look at the, the stakeholders that are involved, like if you look at what Channel Nine must be thinking. I mean, they've had a month of just glorious. You know, it didn't matter what. Okay, the good, the good, the bad, and everything. But it's rated its head off over the whole of January. It's been front page, centre page, back page of every <laughs> newspaper. It's social media dominating globally. The the impact again, the good and the bad. But it, it, from a perception point of view and a, and a global awareness point of view, it's just been off the charts. So then. You start saying, well, who's happy about that? Well, obviously, the, the media is happy. I think brought, um, the sponsors if you, you obviously weather the storm of some negativity, but ultimately would think, well, what? Look at, they look at the metrics of the exposure they got and they go, well, they're so happy. And, the, the, you know, so I, I think ultimately, and you look at also what the team has done to put the show on in January, and it's not just the Open, but it was all those lead up events and then all the, then you look at the, What's Tennis Australia have to do? It has to look after Australian tennis. So has that made a massive impact on, you know, a massive advertising campaign for the sport? Yes, it has. So, so there's so many 
positive elements to take out of it. And then, but then you have to have the critical analysis of, well, okay, what could have we done different on the Novak situation, Mm. particularly? I mean, that really did dominate, like I've never seen before, Sam, in a story, in a tennis story. I was trying to think actually myself, you know, maybe when Monica Seles had a a tragic uh, situation in uh, Stuttgart years ago, or, you know, that, that was something that was sort of, you know, still resonates to today, but the story of Novak, and it's going to continue too. It's just going to, everyone's going to remember the Australian Open and the Novak situation. So you've got to balance that in and, and really dissect that. How did we handle it? What should we do from here? All of that. But, you know, again, so much to analyze in, in, in all of it. It's, it's, uh, it's, you, it's hard to give it one rating. It is. And Pete, do you, do you think that it won back the people, given that there was real resentment to, to what people believe had gone on and was happening behind closed doors with a with a really strong push from Tennis Australia, and and then and and the and the and the finger point at, at all four parties, the federal government, the state government, Novak himself, and Tennis Australia to try and manufacture what was was happening, and then the way that it all played out, there was general genuine resentment towards the tournament for that. And do you feel like it won the people back in the way that it was able to finish with what happened with Dylan Alcott? Then you've got Ash Barty, you know, doing something that we haven't seen for 44 years uh, from the women. And then since um, Cashy in uh, 86 uh, for the men. And then with what, you know, Kyrgios and Kokonakis were able to do to bring a new set of fans, whether you loved it or hated it, uh, to the table. And then Rafa to do what Rafa did. Do, do you feel like it won back the people? Well, Sam, I think with all the things you just listed, what did win back the people is the sport, which the, the game itself. Yeah, yep. the, the, and, and, you know, I think the and rightly, the, the Australian Open has branched into all different dimensions over the last numbers of years in terms of on-site, the, the, the experience and everything like that. Um, but it was it, sometimes you could also go to the tennis and be like when you go to the Melbourne Cup and you don't see a horse race, you know, you're doing all the other stuff. Mm. Tennis could be like that. But what you focused on there, it was just an incredible victory for the sport itself. It was also, you see so many little sub-debates going on. You see five sets versus three sets. It, it, it's almost like Sunday night just and, and a couple of those men's matches just cemented five-set tennis as being massively important. Then you've got... Um, tennis for all different audiences where the audience that's watching Kokonakis and Kyrgios and the days that I was there and it was where there wasn't that many people sometimes in the grounds but you saw the lineup for those for the matches that those guys had and they were young people and they were a different audience but it was a new audience and it was a great audience and a new dimension for the tennis and then there's Dylan Alcott and everything he brings another dimension again and then that's before I even get to talk about Ash Barty who's you know, is, is that the most pure uh, sports person, like most loved that you could ever see, you could ever possibly hope for, who plays a brand of tennis that you love? And then you've got Rafa and, and the drama of that. And even, you know, Medvedev, I love Medvedev, actually. And, and he was cast as the villain, um, obviously. But that also brought out another dimension in the whole drama of the final and the other matches. So... All of those, I think, just showed tennis as the hero, and and also, and I think that's what that's the comfort that the sport can take out of it. There, there is always heroes and villains. I do a segment called Heroes and Villains about sport, and he was that, wasn't he? And some of it was from his own making. I mean, he, you know, the the interaction with the ball uh, kids, and then the way that he spoke to the chair was was the height of, of disrespect, and in some of those instances. But when he 
when he un, really when he sort of unraveled, not unraveled, but really bared his soul after he lost, uh, being two sets up to Rabbit, and talked about the dream of the child in him dying. That that I really felt for him in that moment. I had cast him as the villain as well, and I was cheering for Rafa. But when I heard him speak about that, that really hit a nerve with me because at the end of the day, this is a 25-year-old young a young man who's 25 years of age, and we often expect that tennis players are going to have all the right – or any athlete always has all the right answers, always should be saying the right thing and doing the right thing and being in control of their emotions in a way that we don't expect from people twice their age who aren't athletes. But 25 years of age talking about the child and him dying, I, my heart broke for him. Yeah, and Sam, look, I've dealt with him a bit over the last years, and I can tell you as a guy and as a – He's he's dry, but he's he's very attentive. Like Mm. um, sponsor appearances, everything like that. As a as a player, he trains so hard. I mean, you think he's a big, tall guy, and the balls that he runs down, and and just the relentlessness and and his, you know, his commitment to matches. You think of the match when he's down against uh, Felix. He's down two sets of love, finds a way. You know, just a, a machine like competitor and. I think, you know, he, he, he deserves so much. And as you, you said, you think of the drama. Look, he's led two sets to love. He, he's won the US Open. He's led two sets to love, 3-2, love 40 on Rafa's serve. And looking like, if he breaks there, he's serving at 4-2, serving out of a mountain, and he could run it out in three. So he had to deal with that. And also the relentlessness of the crowd, which was, was okay. That's fine, because it, these guys ignited the crowd. But the partisanship for... Rafa, you know, going for the, you know, he's he's earned that over the years, but that's got to, it's got to get under your skin a little bit when you you play in your seventh match in two weeks and. You know, there's a lot to deal with when you're 25 years old, like you said. When it comes to Kyrgios and Kokonakis, I was one who against because I'm 41, so I've 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 seen the evolutions of tennis over the years and. I, I found myself thinking, this is pretty incredible what we're seeing here. And and there's parts of it that I go, oh, I'm not quite sure about that. But I think overall, I go, this is something pretty incredible happening. And I, and I think it's actually, for the most part, pretty great for, for tennis. It's something new. It's something different. It, does it disappoint you after all the, the a lot of good? And there's some that people, traditionalists, don't like, and I'd love to get your view on it. After all the good and to win it the way they did, and it was four Aussies in a final, which was fantastic, to go out on the note that he did, I just went, oh, Nick. And again, 26 years of age, he doesn't have it all figured out yet, despite the fact that he thinks he does. But to go out with seemingly dis... And he denies it, but it, it, it came across as disrespectful to Ash Barty. Then to slam Max Purcell the way... Do you sometimes just want to give him a shake and go, you've just done so much that's good. How come you couldn't just maybe just ease your way out with a bit of humility? Or are we expecting well, too much? Well, Sam, overall, I think the reason, and I'd put him in the top four to five draw cards in global tennis, not yep. just not just in Australia. So, and and I'm in sort of in the promoter business, and he's yeah. first picked for me almost, you know, anywhere, and and he's going to sell you tickets. And the reason he does is because there's a lot of dimensions to him, and sometimes he might shoot the mouth off a bit, and sometimes he goes a bit far, and all that. And I think his heart is ultimately there but yep. he, he's certainly unfiltered and but the brand of tennis he plays is incredible and what he and Kokonakis did I thought was just extraordinary and showed what good players they are by the way and also um you know I was watching 
I watched all their matches, and I'm thinking these guys are darn hard to beat yep. because they are they, they are such a package. Because he gets up there, he's got probably if he hasn't got the best serve in the world, it's in the top three. And Crokinarkis is playing chock full of confidence. So he between the two of them, they they, they just were. Um, I, I don't know, they were certainly. It's incredible how they went through the tournament, you know, virtually untroubled. <laughs> I mean, that was amazing. But I think, with back to what you said, Sam, I think you've got to take, I think, overall, Kyrgios, he's he actually got a, a, a pretty good heart there, and I think you, you just take it all where sometimes he's, <laughs> he might disappoint you, sometimes he mm. doesn't. I'll give you one little example. One little example. You know, he came down to Kyrgios a couple of years ago. Um, we had him playing Bernie Tomic and that was all set up, and he walked in, and um, he, I introduced him to the president of the club, Peter Carew, and Chris Brown as the CEO, and, and, and he said, "Excuse me, do, do you mind if I, would I be able to go on the grass, just try the grass?" And they, they go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He goes, "Look, I, I haven't got the right shoes." The oh, couple, you know, the guys, of course. But I thought, Gee, you know, he's got a, he's got a, he's got respect. He's got, he, he's, he, he gets it. He mm. gets it. A, you know, and I think you just got to you got to ride with it. Basically, no, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I feel and, you on that. I do feel you on that because I I get frustrated like everybody else, and I want more like everybody else. But then I think, did I have it all figured out at twenty? It doesn't matter what you're doing in life. I think that at twenty six, I didn't. I don't have it figured out now, and I'm forty one. So I. It's been something that I've been stewing over all through this tournament, watching it play out, and then with his comments the other day, and I just slapped my forehead and go, oh, there we go again. But I think I'll, I'll check back in with him in 10 years and just see what's mm. happened since. Um, look, mm. A couple more just to finish up on Pete Johnson, tournament director Kuyong, just trying to make sense of what we saw in Australian Open unlike <laughs> any other. How far away for are we, do you think? And this is not a... a Again, I hope this comes across the right way because I love what the sport has done, trailblazing, in fact, in in putting equal pay for men and women. And and if you want to get finicky about it, it, it's actually more pay for women, which is a wonderful thing because I'm of the belief you build it, they will come. It will only make the sport better when these things, a quantum leap is made in that space. How far away are we, though, from the potential of, at these Grand Slams, women playing in the five-setters? Well, Sam, here's my take on it, and... I saw it in a couple of articles today, even, and um, mm. suggesting it. The women don't want it. The women don't need it. And 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 it's better for the women to have the three sets because you think of the schedule on how it works in terms of getting them on the main courts. And you you saw how it played out over the last two weeks. The women you can't fit two men's best of fives in a day session, and you can't fit two in the night session. So the women will always get two days, two matches in, out of three in the day session right. on the main courts because they're playing best of three, and they'll always get one out of two in the night, and most likely they get the first one at night because the, the worry is that the first match, if you play a men's five-setter, the women don't get on till midnight. And that happened one time this week where um, I think Sabalenka and someone else weren't going to go on until about quarter past 12 because they were scheduled second at night. So... What I'm saying is it works so well from a showcasing point of yeah, view for women yep. to, be, to be three. And, and and that's gold. And I think that's one thing that sort of gets, uh, you know, it, it, people go five sets, five sets. Well, actually, if you drill a little deeper, the girls have got it better going three. And the, also, I always think the slams, it's the sum of the parts. And the, the women bring, it's one plus one equals 
a hundred, in my opinion, like yeah. men and women together. You know, and, and what a great schedule when you're able to get the three set women's and the five set men's and a mixture of both every day and on the same on outside courts. To me, that's perfect showcasing for both both, both sexes. No, it's a great answer, and it's a, a, a I hadn't thought about it from that perspective, and I and I greatly appreciate it. A curly one to finish. And I understand that not an easy one to answer, but I think it's 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 going to be a question that's asked in the wash up. If you're if, if you were to hazard a guess, does Craig Tiley survive? What's gone on? Well, well, I think look, I I think he was obligated to try as a tournament director. You're trying to get everyone there, and I think he really the the, the moment that changed things for everyone was it was going this Novak. Um, policy, or oh, sorry, double, no vax policy, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, the double vax policy, which, by the way, Sam, hasn't happened at any tournament. And so, and when I saw that come out, I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be tough because the tours to award points demand that it's open to all players and there's no, um, you know, restriction on entry. But the tours backed the double vax policy. And so they had that um, ready to go. But when they talked about exemption. Um, that's when it opened a, a door, and so therefore players had got facts because they thought they had to to come, and then this sort of thing, and then it was a slippery slide, and then suddenly Novak could find an exemption. That all led to having to scramble a lot of new rules, new processes, like the two independent forums that were deciding, mm. um, you know, what the exemptions looked like, and and so I think that led to a whole range of new things which were done pretty, fairly quickly. So it, I guess the question is, like, just how how was that managed and, and where did that net out that, that there was... Well, obviously, Novak didn't get on the plane thinking that was going to happen at the other end. He thought he was getting on to come and actually play. Mm. So I, I, I think you, you've got to look at the whole... a deeper dive to review it to just see where that's all at. But I, I what I... Well, you asked me specifically on Craig. I think he was... He's actually obliged to try and get every player in the world that he can there as best as he can. It's up to potentially others to overrule him on some things, but I'm certainly, if I'm in his boat, I'm trying to get every player there. Yeah, I guess it's a tough one, isn't it? It's the what's in the best interest of the, the tournament as opposed to what's in the community's interest. It's a very fine line, and I guess there will be a little bit to play out about it. Pete, you are so generous with your time, and I've taken up far too much of it, but we, it is... Whichever way you've fallen on so many of the things that have occurred from the start, before the start to well after the end, because we're still talking about it now, we've never had it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. An Australian Open like this um, in every facet you could possibly think of. So in that regard, we're still talking about it and we can't wait uh, to see uh, what plays out after and, and then for next year as well. Thanks so much. Uh, my pleasure, Sam. Good to talk to you. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. 
For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.